south of Baton Rouge Along the Eight Meat River Near the old Phillips farm There's no brick and mortar Just a boiling cauldron Of human disorder Tammy's Cafe Serving up grits Inside of murder Welcome, y'all. See, she did it. She was so worried. Proud. <laughs> Good job. Cursed. Thanks, guys. Did you rehearse? Good job. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did this morning. <laughs> She's in the mirror. Welcome, y'all. Welcome, y'all. What if she asked me to say it? Oh, my God. I'm just, I can't do it. Welcome, y'all. This was me all morning, actually. Really? Yes. Well, you sound great. Thank you. I'm glad you rehearsed. I know. And who's with you on the couch? I have Kelsey. Hi. And Kelsey, who's to your left? Hannah. Hello. Who is wearing a photo button of Kelsey on her boob? I am always so Kelsey. I'm so honored. Team, Feel so loved. Hey, that's Team Kelsey right there. Yeah, I let mean, it be uh, known. I wore it for five minutes and she didn't notice and then said, hey, that's me. That's hey, not that's fair. Me. <laughs> and she started laughing. Yeah. I was like, well, it isn't right on her boob. Maybe she's not going to. She didn't check you out first. I mean, I mean like, let's not act like I, that's I, not the first thing everyone <laughs> looks at. Right. You're right. Yeah. They don't look at old lady boobs anymore, but I think back in the day I had a couple looksies. Yeah. No, you think yeah. you're, they're just looking at your feet, but they're actually looking at your boobs. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now when they look at my boobs, I think they're looking at my cooch. <laughs> I am drinking vodka and Diet 7-Up. Yay, me. I ran out of whiskey. I don't Pigs know how, are flying. Hell is frozen yeah, over. Yeah, and I'm Her- scared. Literally. And Harold's cooking upstairs inside of the house instead of outside. outside. Are y'all Everyone. sick? Are y'all leaving? I think we're in the upside down right now. I yes. literally was thinking that. Uh, what are you drinking, Hannah? I'm drinking margarita. Pre-made, ready to go at any time. Kelsey? Vodka lemonade. KK? Truly vodka lemonade with Leroy's lemonade added to it. Lip smacking Leroy's lemonade. Mm-hmm. I doubt they want to be promoted on this podcast, but right. y'all. Yeah, and we don't do free advertisement. I'm sorry. Well, actually, I do. Well, unless we know you. Yeah, I, um, Leroy, I, you know, I bought little baby some while he was here, but if y'all don't know and you're local, it's, um, it's a very good cause. And Leroy, I believe, is a special needs child and this is his lemonade and y'all go buy you some. It's delicious. It's good. And it's just basically water, sugar, and lemons, right? Yeah, we, it's we looking good. Mm-hmm. It's not. And then there's Dalton outside the window <laughs> giving us the finger. Of course he is. Okay. Um, did I ask you what you're drinking? Yes, I yes. got everybody. And do y'all have anything to say to... Well, you're new, KK. Do you want to mm-hmm. introduce yourself? Like, hi, I'm KK. Hi, I I'm like KK. Wa- I like walks on the beach. <laughs> I like walks on the beach and no. Okay. She likes drinking pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Tequila makes my clothes fall off. Okay. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't know. She whiskey is not a whiskey. whiskey girl. No. <laughs> That's it, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, before we start, I want to tell y'all if you smell apple cider vinegar is because I have all the gnat fruit flight traps around me up here because I don't want any... I don't want to be doing this. Waves her hand everywhere. 
I like it. I think it adds emphasis. <clears throat> right. Yes. <clears throat> I don't understand that on y'all's phones when you say emphasize the comment. I mean, I have a Samsung, so I don't really it's like, know. Yeah. Yeah. It's exclamation Like you, you highly like agree with that person. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like when you emphasize something, it could be a negative thing. It could be, a, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm, right. I'm talking about it's like in life. True that. Or I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But not yeet. It's not the same as that. Uh, sometimes it is yeet. Yeah. Like I'm on the way to the bar and you emphasize it. That means yeet. Oh, okay. I see you there. Okay. You could also emphasize yeet. Yeah. On its own. Just right. Yeet. Yeet. And that's it. Emphasize. Emphasize. Yeet. Yeetception. Yeet. Oh, <laughs> yeet Yeetception. cubed. Yeet cubed. It sounds like. Yeet cubed. All right, y'all. This one, we're kind of going back and forth. When the crime actually happened, it was 1969. And do you want to know what was going on then? I know none of y'all were around. I was barely. You were one. Barely alive. I was one. Mm-hmm. I was still spitting up on myself and little baby Tammy. Yes. <laughs> Zoltam Sweet. Got crown and water in her bottle. We actually put Coca-Cola in baby's bottles back then. I'm not lying. What? Yes. You wow. didn't know that? No. I didn't know that either. Yeah. and That's you, not going to put them to sleep. No. We didn't know any better back then. I mean, I didn't do it to my kids, but my parents. But you would have to, if you put the Coke in there, the Coca-Cola in there, you'd have to hold your finger over the end of the nipple and shake it, shake it, shake it to get all the fizz out. Otherwise, it just turned into like a squirt gun, kind of. And then you <laughs> gave it to the baby. The, just, the coke is just shooting everywhere. All right. Sounds like a great time. Oh, those were the days, the good old days when we gave infants Coca-Cola. Okay. The Beatles recorded their final album in 1969. Kelsey, what's the album? You got T- me. Take a stab. I can't. Abbey Road. Okay. The Godfather. Have you seen the movie? Any of you? Nope. Don't even know what it is. This was actually the book, The Godfather, which was before the movie, and it came out in 1969. And let's see. A little asshole by the name of Charles Manson had his quote unquote family going around killing people. Yep. Yep. Y'all heard of Charles Manson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, it kind of sounds to me like 1969 wasn't that good. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles. I mean, there's a couple songs I like. Y'all don't hit, send me hate mail. I don't think anyone has a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Abbey Road is the only album I know. So Okay. So, in the September of 1969, an eight-year-old little girl named Susan Nason went missing. Susan was abducted while walking to her school in California's Foster City. Her body was located three months later near Crystal Springs, the Crystal Springs Reservoir, which is a few miles away from Foster City. For 20 years, the case was unsolved. Until a woman named Eileen Franklin came forward in 1989. According to Eileen, little Susan was her best friend back in 1969. The area that they lived in, Foster City, was a fairly new area, just starting to, starting out to be built up. And the Franklin family moved there in 1964. They were one of the first, like, 100 families to move into that area. 
and Eileen's family was George the dad, Leah the mom, and they had five kids. Bless their hearts. God. No. That is a packed minivan. <laughs> uh, Someone's so got to stay home. <clears throat> I mean, in 1969. I guess they didn't. Did they have seatbelts then? Or did they just no. stack all the kids in the back? They absolutely did not have seatbelts then. And the mamas did not have jobs, pretty much. The mamas stayed home and took care of all the kids. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I into full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On The Big Cunty Couch. Mwah. Well, you had me in the first half, but not the not the second. No, you're like, no. So Eileen, who I told y'all was little Susan's best friend, she was the middle child. Um, she had a, one brother and three sisters. And George, the dad, Eileen was the favorite of George. Do y'all y'all think y'all have uh, your parents have favorites? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the favorite too. <laughs> Okay, so Eileen says that her dad, George, was very friendly with women, Mm. like flirty. And one of the neighbors um, in that area called him Old Flirty Flirt. That's real original. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, another neighbor in the area said that they never, that the family was just like a normal family. Mom, dad, five kids. Dad was a fireman. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. And in 1969, when Susan went missing, Eileen started the fourth grade. She was eight years old, just like Susan when she went missing. So, that's a little background. Any questions so far? No. All right. Eileen Franklin Lipsky. Now, remember, we're in 1989. 20 years later, she's married now. She says that she had suppressed a memory from 20 years earlier, and now she remembers what happened. She said there was, first of all, her dad was never a suspect in Susan's going missing Mm -hmm. or murder, Mm -hmm. but she says that she remembers him committing the crime. What? I have oh a question, God. and you might have mentioned this. Did they find the body? Yes, it okay. took three months. It was okay. in like a ravine or something. I didn't know if she was like ever found. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. Again, though, remember, 1969, not going to have DNA and right. all that stuff. Yeah, no. So, based on Eileen saying she remembers this on November 29th, 1989, the police arrested her dad, George, for murder. That was it. Bitch, you best not come after me if all you got is one person's word that I murdered somebody. Yeah, But all of a sudden remembered 20 20 years years later. later. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they did search the home, George's, where he was living, and they found a number of pornographic magazines and pictures, including those of young children. Okay. Perv. You're grown. You can look at whatever you want, but not kids. You can't. That's like, stop. Mm -hmm. You want to look at naked women or whatever you do, you think. You want to look at naked men, do you think? But not kids so but does that make him guilty of murder y'all not necessarily no. you taking no. that leap you know yeah. so eileen says she saw her dad commit the crime and this is a case of a repressed memory and it was the first time repressed memory had ever been used to prosecute someone george franklin of course got an attorney <laughs> the attorney goes to find out what the charges are and he finds out it's murder so he tells George, George, they're, they're, they've arrested you on murder charges. And he's he goes, which daughter? Was it Janice? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. The favorite is about to be dethroned. So. She's about to be murdered. Well, George's attorney says the way he reacted to that, he was like, I knew. I knew he wasn't guilty. The way he said, was it Janice? Like, I don't I don't know. My first would reaction think, would be like, did, I didn't do all it. The, right. I, my first yeah, reaction feel, would have been like, what did you, what did he do to Janice that makes him think, think that you Janice know, hates him so much to turn him in Or did murder. he kill one of Janice's friends too? And he's like, right, well, which one something? of my kids' friends? Well, his attorney said at that moment he knew he wasn't guilty. So he said, if you murdered somebody in front of your daughter, this is what his attorney said. You'd remember which daughter you murdered someone in front of. Right. And Janice wasn't the one accusing him. Mm-hmm. So, and remember I told y'all the whole repressed memory thing, this was the first time George's attorney didn't know how to deal with it. Like he, there's no precedent. Mm -hmm. Nobody had ever had to defend against that or. That is what they call hearsay. (sighs) Yeah. So he wasn't really sure how, how to handle this. So let's go back to Janice for just a second and why George said, was it Janice? She hated her dad, George. Five years earlier than this, which was 1984, she went to the police and told them that she thought that her dad killed little Susan. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. There was no evidence, so the cops didn't do anything. Right. Janice told the authorities that on the day of the disappearance, she remembers her dad coming in the door, like after school or whatever, And that he was, he had just this look in his eyes and she was terrified of him. That particular, how are you going to fucking remember that? I don't know. Anyway, she said after that day when Susan disappeared, his drinking got worse. So worse to me means he was drinking a lot before Uh Susan disappeared. Right. All right. So let's go back to Eileen and talk about what she remembers, what this repressed memory is. Eileen did know that Janice had gone to the police a few years earlier. So, is this like power of suggestion? She's been dwelling on this for five years, and now she all of a sudden has this memory. Urge. Right, yeah. Right. Um, Eileen knew, like I said, Janice thought he killed Susan. And... A false memory is, uh, so they had different experts on the show that I watched. A false memory is what one expert believed was happening to Eileen, that she was having a false memory. Um, 
if you hear something enough, a false memory is like if you hear something enough, you start believing it as true, true. Yeah. as facts, yeah. even though it might not be true or factual. Mm-hmm. So one expert thinks that's what happened here. Okay, hypnosis. Eileen was seeing a therapist, and it's very it's a very touchy subject. Eileen originally told her brother that she was being hypnotized through her therapist for weight loss, but this suppressed memory came out. So what she told her brother. So get this though. In California, if anything comes out during hypnosis, it's not admissible in court. At least that was the case in 1999. I don't know what the fuck it is today. But so she told she she comes back and says, I told my brother it was hypnosis because I didn't want him to think that I was crazy because I all of a sudden had this memory of dad killing this little girl. Yeah. Your face looks confused. Yeah. No, I would just think if you say that you're just kind of discrediting yourself off the bat. The hypnosis thing. yeah. Yeah. Like if you tell one person, well, now you're kind of your chances of being believed is a little shot. Well, get guess what else she did? She told her mom that now mom and dad are divorced. Okay. In the meantime of them getting divorced, mom had become a lawyer. Ooh, hmm. okay. She got a job. She told she her mom job. that the memory came out through hypnosis, and mom's like. I think that's when she broke the news to her. If the, if you got hypnotized, it's not going to be... We can't take it to court like right, that. yeah. So, she had to... Fl- she had to... Are you li- were you lying then or were you lying... Are you lying now? Yeah. Right. Like she had... When she testified, she okay. said it... She said it wasn't hypnosis. It was a, a repressed memory. And George's <clears throat> attorney is questioning her on the stand and he's like... Your mom's an attorney, right? Yes. She probably told you that you can't bring hypnosis into the trial. Yes. So is that why you changed your... No, I never really was hypnotized. Except for weight loss. And this really was a repressed memory. So she's... Okay. That to me, as a juror, when were you lying? Right. Right. You you okay to lie? So when were you lying? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the defense attorney goes on to say, okay, like, you know your dad would be free right now if you were hypnotized and this stuff came out. And and she's still backpedaling, you know. I really wasn't hypnotized. I told my mom and brother that so they wouldn't think I was crazy. Like, all of a sudden, for no reason, I had this memory of my dad killing my friend. She goes on to explain how the repressed memory actually came back to her. So remember, y'all, this is 20 years later. She's married. She has a child of her own. And she says one day that she's in the living room watching her daughter play. And her daughter looks similar to Susan Nason. All of a sudden, she sees her dad in her mind in front of Susan with his hands raised above his head. And he was holding a rock. And she said Susan's hands went up to her head And then she said, so she's kind of having this vision in the middle of the day, just sitting there in the living room with her daughter. And then she says, "Um, the next thing I heard was two blows. It sounded terrible. So I'm assuming she means like with the rock, he struck Susan. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, this happened after he molested Susan, according to Eileen. And she said that her dad said if she told anyone that he would kill her. Hmm. Wow. How convenient. Yeah. A woman named Susan, wait, I'm sorry, a woman named Elizabeth Loftus, who specializes in the study of memories, was called to testify for the defense. She is of the belief that memories can be altered. She doesn't think that you can repress a memory for decades, then all of a sudden remember it. <clears throat> she didn't feel that's possible. She said, here's George Franklin being tried for murder, and the only evidence, the only evidence they have is Eileen's repressed memory. memory. Nothing else, y'all. Hmm. Put yourself in George's p- shoes right now. So, another thing that the specialist said was that all the detailed parts of Eileen's story, it's all public domain. She could have found this out through court records, through media, you know, about the rock and the molestation and all that. Yeah, and it's been 20 years, so it's not like, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the things you just know from, you know. It being around for so long and things come, like you said, it's yeah. public domain. Anyone can find it. Okay. So there's another expert, Dr. David Spiegel, who specializes in trauma and says traumatic experience can leave very strong memories. And he's like, take PTSD, for example. He says he doesn't know of any evidence that would prove that there is a such thing as a, a repressed memory, but... He says PTSD really exists. But to me, that's you're not you're comparing apples and oranges. Why did even right. PTSD yeah. even yeah. come into play? Yeah. Um He says you can forget something and then remember it. Mm-hmm. He says, but that's not a suppressed memory. And that's well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I feel like it's so subjective. Yeah. It can't be in anyone's head about memory. Right. right. Okay, Dr. Spiegel says there's no scientific support to show repressed memories are real, but he does believe in repressed memories. However, he doesn't think in this particular case that Eileen's memories are repressed memories. He says that after Eileen saw her dad murder her friend, um, she never changed how she acted toward her dad. They, They go over this. She went on trips with her dad. Just the two of them, like cross-country road trips and shit. If you saw your dad kill your friend... Yeah, you're not hanging out. terrified. You'd be terrified. Yeah. Nope. Um, She wasn't afraid of him. She wasn't... She still loved him. She didn't act any different toward him. Um, So that's why this particular expert is saying he doesn't think it's a repressed memory. Mm -hmm. He leans more toward the power of suggestion. That she's... Heard it. Her sister said it. Yeah. No, I'm kind of leaning that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at some point in time, like I told y'all, George and Leah got divorced. And along the way, George started dating other women. And according to his ex-girlfriend that was interviewed, he did drink very heavily and sometimes had blackouts. But she never thought that he was capable of doing someone. Murder, murder, rape of child, you know. And 
She goes on to remember that Eileen and George were super close. Yeah. Like they, like I said, they went on road trips. They hung out. They freaking. And she, and she said, Eileen never seemed scared of her dad. She never seemed uncomfortable around her dad. Right. I know what that feels like. Like you, when you're around someone that you're uncomfortable, like you, you just can't change that. Mm-hmm. You can't flip unless you're the best actress in the universe. Unless you can really fake that much emotion. Yeah. But, and if you are, you're not going to do things like go on cross country right. road trips and like yeah, you spend as be, much time. You can be pleasant in person, but you're not going to go anything out of that. Well, yeah. also, if she's that great of an actress, why, who's to say she's not acting now? Right. When she comes out with this whole repressed memory thing. <clears throat> Again, back to, okay, were you lying then or are you lying now? Like, when were you lying? But also, like, what motive would she have to lie about it? Is what I'm thinking. So something must have happened to her yeah, or to make between, her feel that way. Yeah, or yeah. between her dad and her. Or someone's co Well, her. when you go back to 1969, mm-hmm. they did have one man that they thought was a, sus- a suspect. He was going around the neighborhood trying to lure a little girl into his car. And when the authorities caught up with him, they found kids' toys in the car. But he didn't have any kids at home. Did he have hard candies for them? <laughs> Were there, <laughs> Were there's originals. Yeah, Were there's originals. <laughs> he didn't have any small children, like, in his family, even. Like, it was, like he didn't have nieces and nephews or whatever. So, of course, the, the, he, nothing ever came of him. Yeah. There wasn't, I guess, enough evidence or whatever. But in 1989, the defense brought this guy up. Hey, y'all had another totally different suspect way back then. So they're trying to bring up doubt for George. Mm-hmm. All right. Eileen's on the stand. George's attorney asked her about the book and movie deals she has in the works since coming out with this repressed memory. She says she got an agent to handle all the details. And she testified that, yes, she had been contacted to write books and or do a movie. But... Well, and the defense is like, well, this is your motive for lying. Mm. You asked for a motive. Yeah. Right. Money is always a good motive. But she says her her plan was to give any money that she earned from the, a book or a movie to charity. Yeah. However, her husband didn't feel the same way. <laughs> he said they're going to keep some of the money. So, again, good argument for financial motive. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm sorry I'm snippily, y'all. Um, since Eileen came out about this repressed memory, the media has been all over it, right? Yeah. I mean, we know how the media is today. Imagine back then, first of its kind case, repressed memory. <clears throat> One journalist decided he wanted to dig into Eileen's background. Mm. He finds out that Eileen had a misdemeanor in San Jose. She was caught by an undercover cop exchanging sex for money. Oh. $100. She a hoe. Oh, a cheap hoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now what they're trying to do with this information is discredit her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a credible. She doesn't have good character, whatever. Right. So, um... She was asked about this on the stand, and then she said back then she found her personality in her sexuality. And she did the job because she wanted to have control. In other words, she did the prostitution. 
she was like, I was in charge. You know, I could say when I could say who I could say how much I could say, you only going to charge a hundred dollars. Yeah, you Girl. weren't very good at your job. No. You're giving <laughs> boss lady a bad rap. Right. <laughs> so she, she, her madam takes 50% of it. You know? Her pimp. Yeah. So she says she, she, she wanted control. She wanted to be in charge. And I don't think she means dominating. Just basically that she said as a kid, she never felt like she had any control over her life and the things that she was doing in her life. And at this point, I'm going, her daddy did something to her. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. that's she got some daddy issues. That's why she's the favorite. That's, yeah. When you said she was the favorite, I was like, the uh-huh. favorite, favorite, or the favorite? Yes. She talked about the fact that her dad was extremely violent and unpredictable when she was a kid. She said she watched the Brady Bunch when she was a kid. And her thought process was when the camera went off, Mr. Brady beat all the kids in the Brady house. Yep. You know why? Because she said her and her siblings got beat by the dad. So she just figured that was normal. She figured everybody acted a certain way in public. Even her classmates at school, they got beat when they got home. She was like, this is just what I thought was normal. God. Okay. Um, she didn't suspect that people even lived a different life than what she lived. So. That's sad. It mm-hmm. is very, it's very sad. I agree. Yeah. So the next thing I know, y'all, I'm listening to a recording where Eileen is saying that her dad would come in early, like 5 a.m., before work and he would get in the bed with her and he would molest her oh my god yes she said she was emotionally and physically traumatized and i thought it was very curious that eileen never finished high school but when y'all see this woman on the stand she's calm well-spoken she seems very well educated I, i mean like if i were an attorney, that's the exact kind of witness I would want. Right. Like, you couldn't even rattle her, you know. She would get frustrated a little bit at times, but she would just take a breath, and then she would just move forward. Like, the talking about the prostitution and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She was just like, that's who I was then, and I'm not that person anymore. So, um, the prosecution used Eileen's past to explain the repressed memories. She would be raped by her father, and then she would push that memory down. And she wouldn't talk about it. And she tried to pretend that, number one, it wasn't happening. But when it was, that she wasn't there. Like she said in her mind, she would go somewhere else. Like out of body. You know what I mean? Right. God. Yeah. um, She said she... Y'all, this hurts my heart. She said she would pile all of her stuffed animals in the bed with her when she would go to bed at night. So there wouldn't be room for her dad to get in the bed. Oh. God. But he would still come in anyway and get in the bed. And she said that she learned how to repress the molestation and the rape just over and over and over again. And she said at one point, remember how I said they go on road trips together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said at one point her dad took her on a trip to San Francisco and they went to a man's apartment and she didn't know the man, but her dad knew the man. And she said her dad 
held her down while the man raped her. Oh, my God. And when she initially told the story, it was a black man. But then the story changed over time, and it was a white man. Actually, her godfather that was raping her. And they're like, so why did you say it was a black man? She said, because when it was happening, the man had a picture of Bob Marley poster on his wall. And I was focusing on that while the rape was happening and not the man who was actually doing that sounds weird to me, too. Yeah. And also, she said she didn't know him, but, but that's her, her godfather. godfather. Yeah. yeah. Sketch. I am going to say this. I feel like some bad shit happened to this girl when she yeah. was a kid. Yeah. I feel like that her dad definitely needs to be held accountable for some things, but I'm not really sure about murder. You know what I mean? Right. So, um... She went on to say that her memories of being raped by her dad and the man, her godfather, didn't come back to her until after she remembered about Susan's murder. So, Lenore Terre was the doctor for the prosecution. What she said was that if you have to repress something over and over and over, like her sexual abuse, mm-hmm. then she was likely to have suppressed the murder too. If she, I guess basically like if you've trained your brain, how to repress this and get, just keep living your life the best you can and do what you think is normal. Then there's other things you could have repressed just as easily. Right. I guess the worst, the, the most questionable part about it is the fact that she waited so long to say something. Well, I get what you're saying. You mean about the murder? Yeah. Well, apparently it's because she didn't remember it all those years until that one day she was sitting in the living room with her daughter. No, yeah, but I'm just saying that's what makes them question oh, her. Oh, it makes because it more it took fishy. So long, it, like why all of a sudden now? Right. Why aren't you still repressing that? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Sorry, I'm making a drink. Does anybody else need to? Yes. Um, Y'all want me to pause it? Yes. And we're back. Okay, so where we left off, there was a doctor talking about um, if Eileen had to repress memories of rape and sexual abuse and molestation, that she would also be likely to suppress the murder. So, remember I told you those five kids in the family? Right. All the Franklin family kids were interviewed, in the mo- and the mom too, uh, when Eileen came out with the suppressed memory. Of course, all the kids are adults now, and they were hesitant to be interviewed um, by the prosecution because they were all still terrified of their dad, allegedly. Kathleen, one of Eileen's sisters, called the police once on her dad when she was young, you know, like when they were all still kids. She called the cops. The cops came. Her her dad answered the door. I just can I I can picture this in my mind. Her dad answers the door. They say they're there to talk about um, Kathleen calling them, and he yells for her to come down, which would be terrifying in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. And her mom and dad were at the door with the police, and basically, he told the cop, "This is my kid, and I'll do whatever I want to my kid, and you don't need to have any. You have nothing to what? say about this." Yeah. So. The murder happened in 69, so I'm assuming this is probably 
either right before that or maybe or after. Like right after. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the cops basically didn't do anything. Wow. I, and I can kind of relate to this because this is back in the time where I brought you into this world. I'll take you out mm-hmm. and I can make another one just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was the, yeah, the era. So I already told you about Janice hating her dad and she was the one that came forward. Mm-hmm. What? Do you have a question? I've been, that's what I keep thinking. It's like Janice. Like, why, why would he say, was it Janice? That's what I keep thinking. I don't know. Continue. Well, apparently in around the third or fourth grade, George also molested Janice. And in the seventh grade, he raped her in his bed, according to her. Oh, wow. And people are like, where was your mom during all this? Right. And the kids are like, mom was on medication. Mom was just like fucking... She was probably repressing all this shit herself. And nobody remember anything in this house. Maybe maybe that's why she became a lawyer. What? Maybe that's why she became a lawyer. Maybe so. Mom was on nerve pills. You know, we can all use a nerve pill every Mm -hmm. now and then. According to Janice, mom never knew what was going on. And on a personal note, I'm not really happy with the mom in this situation because honestly, I feel like... If the dad was doing this shit, like, once y'all have your own kids, you're going to be like, I can beat my kid, but nobody better touch my fucking kid. Like, right? It, I, I know that maybe y'all aren't going to think exactly like I just said it, but you certainly aren't going to fucking let anybody molest your kids. Right. And how, yeah. and you know, this mom knew what the fuck was going on. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Well, you always hear stories like that where it happens and then the mom doesn't say anything. Yeah. One of the parents don't know or they pretend like they didn't. They don't know. Do you think she knew? Seriously. She has to have known something. I mean, three of the kids out of the five. Come on. So far. Well, honestly, I mean, and I don't remember off the top of my head. I did this research a while back. But other than the boy, I'm, if he's going to molest one daughter and two daughters, why not three or four? four you know, not, why yeah. not all of them? Right. I just, I'm mad at the mom right now on this. Yes. Because I, and then to divorce him and become a lawyer, like just fucking now you want to be the enforcer. Right. What happened to your kid? Like, why were you not? Why were yeah. you not there? So... When Leah is questioned in 19, that's the mom, in 1989, she says that she remembers George bringing home a bloodstained shirt and telling her to wash it. And it was around the same time that Susan went missing and her body hadn't been found at this point. So she's, his explanation for the blood was that he injured himself while painting Y'all. What? While painting? That doesn't even... That makes no sense. What are you, you injure, doing? Did you stab yourself with a paintbrush? Happy trees don't make you bleed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Y'all. I mean, I have paint on me right now because I was painting today. Y'all know my life right. this past year. And I know how injury and accident prone you are. Yes. Right. And how usually when I paint, I get more paint on me than I do on the wall. Exactly. But then all of that shit being said, I've never injured myself while painting. I painted for never. 12 hours straight and didn't injure myself. You didn't even, and you were outside in the heat. You didn't yeah. even have a heat stroke. No. So, yeah, that was his excuse. 
50 years paint injury free. Yes. <laughs> I want a service award. Like, right. I, that's, you know what I'm saying? And oh, a yeah. towel and a, a yes. jambalaya pot. And a, um, just one of those insulated bags that I can carry things around in. Like, a Yeti? A meadow cool No, kid? they're not that good. No. Uh, anyway. This will be your Christmas present. <sighs> okay, so. We're going to chip in on an insulated bag for you. So, bitch, you're smart enough to be a lawyer. Okay, you, you get out of this relationship and you're smart enough to be a lawyer and you didn't fucking think something about the blood on the shirt and he said he had a painting accident. So, to me, it gets worse. Originally, the mom said nothing strange happened around that time. Then later, she changed her story to tell about the bloody shirt. And I'm thinking, it must be genetic that everybody in this fucking family has a repressed memory. Right. <laughs> And they all look like liars to me at this point. Yeah. Either they're lying in the beginning or they're lying now. But, yeah. I mean, maybe the, my thought is they all kind of, he either did it and what all what they're saying is true or they all kind of ganged up and said, all right, we're going to get him for this. You know? Well, well, long story short, the jury deliberated for eight hours and they came back with a guilty verdict. Wow. Life in prison. First degree murder conviction based on repressed memory. Wow. That had to like set a precedence for. In the video, he smirked. I don't like him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh. After George was convicted, his attorney went to visit him at least once a year, he said. Um, and George finally told him, don't come see me if you're just if you just feel sorry for me. Don't come see me. Right. His attorney believes to this day that he's innocent. What? And the attorney called a man named Dennis Reardon immediately after the guilty verdict. And he was like, you got to take this case. Something's not right. So, of course, in my usual fashion, the story ain't over. So, um... There's a lot of the story to tell after the conviction. The family began fighting amongst themselves. Take dad out of the picture. He's in jail. Eileen and her sisters fought. She and her brother fought. They all fought with the mom. Eileen basically told all of them to fuck off. And she's going on every fucking talk to Oprah. Y'all not going to know some of these because they're so old. Uh, Donahue, Geraldo, Sally Jesse Raphael. She's making the rounds on the talk shows. So, Eileen's family was talking to George's defense team. And when I say that, I mean like talking like trying to help get him exonerated. Wait. After yes. they testified? After, after she said that he did all of this mm-hmm. shit? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's pissing Eileen off, which if I were in her position, I'd probably be pissed off too. Yeah. The mom, again, I'm super angry with her. She's being neutral pretty much during all this. This is not the time. She did that for their whole childhood. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. She's not, she's definitely not taking Eileen's side. She's just like, but I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. Again, She's probably just taking her nerve pills and going lay down. Like, she's not even... She's passive. And the kids all think that their mom should have stepped up when they were being abused. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Oh, uh, yeah. 
And she says that in 1969, there were no shelters for battered women. There was nowhere for her to go. She couldn't get out of the situation. She said it was horrible for her, too, but there was nothing she could do. Y'all. Like, I just, that, anyway, she says she can't believe she actually survived the wrath of George. So then she comes out publicly and says she does not believe the things that Eileen said about the murder. Who the fuck are, like, what is in her Whose side are you on? What? She's on her own side. Like, he can can beat his wife and his children, but you don't think he's capable of hurting someone else? I just, she's, she's, she's grown and empowered so much that she's a lawyer now. Right. You're not a pussy anymore. No. What the fuck? She has nobody. Man up. cannot stand this woman right now. Like, she makes me more mad than anything. She didn't want to. She said the family's already fractured. And I think this whole thing is just fracturing us even more. And I just, I'm, I'm being Switzerland on this. You know, like, she's just staying. Anyway. Piss on you, lady. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just mad at her. I mean, she was Switzerland for their whole life, so. She wasn't even Switzerland. She just Non-existent. Taking, yeah, yeah. She was just fucking taking... She was in the Bermuda Triangle while all this was happening. Right. So, okay. Now, remember, trial, guilty, family fighting, talk shows. I'm going to give you a summary summary of what happened after this what how things went down and if you feel so inclined there's a literal fuck ton of information on the internet so eileen's husband y'all this is weird as fuck to me eileen's husband clipped all of the articles about this case past and present he kept articles all the way back to 19... That's the hard paper. Yes. The hard paper. Weird. Well, I mean, and now... You're, you make a scrapbook? Well, that's the thing. That's what they're saying. They're like, Eileen was exposed to this through her, just her husband, for so long over those years that she... The memory's not repressed. She's getting all this information from her husband's from her, article clipping. Yeah, his newspaper book. Where was he at the murder? I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm like, why is he keeping up with it? I mean, let's just say he's a couple years older <laughs> yeah, than his wife. Yeah. He uh-huh. was 10 and he murdered her. It's not unheard of. It could have right. happened. So, 1995. So, we're popping forward a few years. A federal appeals court overturned George's conviction. They found that the judge, who was Judge Smith, should have allowed... Um. George to challenge his daughter's testimony by being able to introduce the newspaper articles clipped by her husband and the judge wouldn't allow it. That should have been allowed. That, yeah. I feel like that would have caused the jury to have reason. Well, that's, right. that's, why the, that's why the judge didn't allow it probably. And now yeah. the appeals court's like, you fucked up. Right. Now you fucked up. So, um, there's other stuff in the appeal that they noted were reasons for a new trial. Okay. So they did all this shit. So while they're waiting for a retrial. Okay. Now I believe he's out. 
Eileen's sister Janice called the DA's office and left a message, which you can fucking hear online, saying that Eileen really was hypnotized and that her testimony should have never... This is the woman... Oh, sorry. I'm making all kinds of... I'm beating the dead. This is the woman who accused her dad of the murder four or five years before Eileen ever had this memory come yeah. back. And now she's telling the DA's office... Y'all need to cut this loose. My dad's out and Eileen was hypnotized. So none of her testimony should have ever been admissible in court. Who's fucking these people? Then why'd she call? These people are all wackadoo. Yeah. Sounds like they want attention. So I don't, maybe, maybe. Okay. So because this is this, that's California state Supreme Court, the vodka is kicking in. (laughs) They, they had, remember I told y'all you can't have a suppressed memory in California be admissible in court. Well, the Supreme Court of California said, uh-uh, that's not reliable uh, under hypnosis. Am I making sense right now? Or yes. Am I? Okay. Yeah. We're on the vodka too. Okay. Right. We're like, we're totally zoned into Utah. So I should put a disclaimer in the notes of the show, drink vodka while listening to this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you'll oh, be yeah. right on target with us. <laughs> so basically through all of this, Eileen's credibility was called into question even more than it was before because she contended that she remembered y'all two other murders that her dad committed. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. My book deal is about to fall through. I got to come up with something else. What? He killed wait, other- wait. She, she killed my best friend. Articles. I'm not joking. She says she remembered two more murders that her dad committed. The rape and murder of 18-year-old Veronica Cassio and the 17-year-old Paula Baxter. But DNA tests concluded that they, that they took rape kits from them back way back whenever they were murdered. They couldn't do nothing with them, but they still had it. And the DNA in those two girls' rape kits did not match George Franklin. Of course not. So now... So she really sounds like an idiot. She is sounding more and more like a liar. Like she's just grasping for straws for her book deal. Yeah. So July 1996, prosecutors announced they would not retry George Franklin. And honestly, I don't blame them because I personally don't feel like they had enough to ever charge him to begin with. To begin with, with, right. So here, here is it says he was released then. So I guess he still had to wait after the court of appeal overturned it. Once the prosecutor said we're not going to retry this, he actually got released in 1996. So later, George filed a federal lawsuit seeking compensation, but mm. the lawsuit was dismissed. Now today, Eileen is still alive. She lives in a different state with a different name. And what I find very curious is that she's been widowed twice. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a black widow. (sighs) Right. So her sister Janice, remember (laughs) the one that was like, he did it. He didn't do it. He raped. I don't know. Deep. She died in 2006 from an illness. And George died in San Diego in 2016. Wow. So... That's the story. Poor little Susan. They never, I guess, after he was convicted, they didn't. Do they ever find the actual person or it's just closed? I would say that if you had to, um, if you went and looked today through California records, it's probably an open unsolved case since he's now been deceased and exonerated. Yeah. 
So here's here are my sources, y'all. Showtime has a show called Buried that covers this whole thing. You can see a lot of court testimony and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, y'all don't know who Shelley Long is, but there was actually a movie about this called Fatal Memories, and Shelley Long played Eileen Franklin. Um, I also went to the Los Angeles Times. I did not read the book, but Eileen did wind up writing a book. Of course she did. Sins of the Father is the name of the book. Hmm. That sounds Uh, familiar. It really does. Yeah. Uh, Went to Oxygen.com, Encyclopedia.com, and the National Registry of Exonerations. So, that's it, y'all. That's the story of Eileen and her repressed memory of her dad, George Franklin, and little... Susan Nason, bless her little heart. Poor Susan. So, I have been... Sorry for the paper shuffling. I've had this story, and this is, this is just a funny, to kind of brighten the mood of the room a little bit here. Yeah. Kelsey, your dad sent me this. Oh, awesome. Wow, that's <laughs> so supportive. <laughs> Good job, Dad. It's... And it's, it's a funny one. The title of the article is Florida Man Attacked by a Seven-Foot Alligator Outside Motel After Mistaking It for a Dog. <laughs> oh, what? Someone needs to get their glasses checked. Right. <laughs> it reminds me of that Contax commercial where she lets the raccoon in thinking it's her cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fluffy. No, is seri- that you? Seriously, um... We've talked about Florida Man before on the show. Thanks to Walton and Johnson, that's what they they call him. And I lived in Florida for 10 years, so I feel like I can 100% make fucking fun of Florida. And they do have some crazy ass shit. The other day, your your dad um, sent a text to me and Miss Heidi. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'm just checking on you. I saw where a woman was driving a golf cart down the interstate in Florida and she got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, no, I'm good. I didn't do that. But there go- she goes, there goes my plans for the weekend. Knowing Heidi, she would never be driving. Somebody else would be. <laughs> okay. The man was walking outside the warm Mineral Springs Motel. Y'all, that just sounds so fucking classy, doesn't it? It's always the classy names for the crappiest places. The warm Mineral Springs. Mo- I just- Mineral Springs. We Mot- always try to find the classiest trailer park names, and it's the Oh, it's yeah. It's the best ones. Uh, this kind of sounds like this would be a trashy... Just the fact that it's called a motel right there tells right. me. So the motel <laughs> is in Northport, which I did not take the time to look it up, and I'm not familiar with it. But it's 1235 a.m. on a Tuesday. So it's middle of the night when the seven-foot reptile launched onto the man's right leg. And he told authorities that he thought he heard a dog growling in the bushes near the path he was walking on prior to the attack. What was he on? I mean, I've never heard an alligator growl. I didn't right. know they growled. I don't stick around long enough. But, dude, maybe they do. But, like, if I hear growling in the bushes, peace the fuck out. Yeah, I'm not, like, not going to check it out. No. So, the 49-year-old victim was transported to Sarasota Memorial Hospital in Venice. And the warm Mineral Springs Motel owner 
said that he visited the man who was thankfully going to be okay as he recovered in the hospital. Did he give him a free night stay at well, the hotel? Well, I'm thinking, bitch, you only went visit him because you Get feel like points. you got some kind of liability up in this shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> brought him some flowers, some fruit baskets. You want some chocolate? Right. So the, the line right after this, okay, which I don't have this story, but this just tells you about Florida. Okay. Man killed in suspected alligator attack while looking for a frisbee at Florida Park. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Have you ever done the Florida Man challenge where you put it on Google and you type in Florida Man and then your birthday and you see what comes up? Oh my god! As the article and it's always something. Oh my god! I need to do that. I need to do that. Too. <laughs> need that in my life. I don't remember what mine was, but it's Christmas, so I, yeah. I'm sure it had something, something oh, happen. You something had to do with lights. Fucking good shit for Christmas. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Florida Man's done putting his lights up on Christmas Day. He is drunk, wasted in the trailer. Florida park. Man <laughs> thinks he hears Santa Claus coming down the chimney. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and it's a in mobile home addict. in mobile home with no fireplace mobile home mobile home in in trailer park i knew santa was not real when we did not have a fireplace kids, y'all didn't hear that no, no hopefully there's no little kids uh listening to this okay guys we all do it again with me yes Hell yeah absolutely yeah and do y'all have anything to tell any of the listeners before we go I'm going to say go to Patreon slash Grits, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Grits. And buy you some merch. Speaking of that, I think it was Dee Dee's Utopia today bought some merch. She got her two of those big aluminum water bottle drinking thingies. Oh, yeah. She got Hell her two yeah. of those. So thank you for that, ma'am. Yeah. Go, go check out the website. Get you some merch. We got t-shirts. We got men's underwear with Grits with a Side of Murder right on the, the P&I got area. Slim we candies. got baby onesies and the blankets are to die for. The, blanket, the blankets I are love. so... I'm, I'm covered in it right now. It's so comfortable. I'm just covered in grits. Yeah, I'm covered in grits with murder. <laughs> I feel I feel like, honestly, the um, the blankets are like the best buy of the, no, yeah. of the website. It's very cozy. Yeah. I like the tidy whities though. They're cute. I like my hoodie, too. The hoodie's very nice. Is it? Yes. I got the um the gray champion jacket with the uh We're her focus embroidery. group. We we try everything out. Yeah, I make them. They're all willing guinea pig and participants in this crazy Oh, we love free stuff. Hell yeah. I paid for mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite. <laughs> Not my favorite. <laughs> Wait, no. you guys are getting this shit for free? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, wait, where's mine? I paid no. nineteen ninety five for this. The only no, I, the only thing that I koozies. give out are the koozies because yeah, they're not even the on blanket. the website. Yeah, y'all use the blanket while you're yeah. here. I love y'all so much. We love, I love you. you too. Thank y'all so much for being here. And if y'all don't have anything else, we're gonna let Zodico Mike take us out. <laughs>